heart and honesty. You got to have the heart and drive passion for this job. If you're not in it for that reason, for the love of the job, um, you're just going to be you're just going to be that run run of the mill firefighter. You're not going to push yourself to do better. You're not going to try to drive other people to do better. Firehouse Vigilance presents the Weekly Scrap, a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency. Corley Moore, Firehouse Vigilance Weekly Scrap, number 159. Today's guest is Chad Bootsine. He is a second generation firefighter with his oldest son being a third generation carrying on that family legacy started in his own hometown department 25 years ago still serving there blessed to get hired on in waterton wisconsin 22 years ago worked up the ranks to battalion chief of c shift and he is the department training officer he has been a technical college instructor he is the co-founder of first in training llc he is married to an extremely patient and thoughtful wife uh aren't we all he is the father of four. My brother is passionate about the fire service. Chad Boutsin, it is my pleasure to have you on as the guest of Weekly Scrap, number 159. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate awesome. it. We have had many, many discussions uh, late into the night in places like Pensacola, the beaches of Pensacola, and the fields of Kansas, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, this is the B. Absolutely. Uh, is there anything I missed in the intro, anything you would like to add? No, uh, just uh, you pretty much keynoted everything there. But just uh, humbled to be be on the show here. I'm I'm very glad you're here. And uh, audience, get your questions ready, primed and ready for Chad and myself. This one should get interesting. I'm super excited about it. Uh, <laughs> speaking of excited, I am very excited about this. Right out the gate, I want to tell everybody about the nine L's. Uh, the book is done. It is out for pre-order. You can go to firehousevigilance.com if you want to pre-order it. There is a hardback. There is a paperback. It is done. It is it is awesome. So you can pre-order it. They are planned to ship on October 10th. So you got about a little less than two weeks to get your pre-order in if you want one that's signed. And uh, if you do order from the website, put in the notes what you want it uh, made out to, how you want it signed. If it's a gift or it's for yourself or it's for your training department, let me know. Um, yeah, that's that was my big announcement that I'm super excited about. I've been working on that book for over a year now, and it's finally out. So, uh, excited about that. Housekeeping out of the way. This episode is brought to you by Key Hose. Check them out on Facebook, The Hose Experts. Elkhart Brass, a safe fleet brand. Speed Swivel, the solution for stolen and vandalized sprinkler and standpipe connections. Check them out at speedswivel.com. And, of course, Affordable Drill Towers, home of the Affordable Drill Tower and the Affordable Standpipe Prop. It's firefighter-owned and operated. You can pump and roll using the Affordable Standpipe Prop. You take the prop, you roll it into most classroom doorways where you can sit there and do all the standpipe theory and all that. Then you can roll it out to the training ground and pump straight to it. It comes with six standpipe valves that you can upgrade uh, to be PRVs or customized to what you have in your uh, jurisdiction. Call Steve, 844-55-TOWER, or drop an email to info at affordabledrilltowers.com. So there we go. Housekeeping out of the way, and now down to the good stuff. People are chiming in. You got quite a few. Mark Berg said, yes, Chad, five exclamation points. Jaden Scully has been waiting all day for this. Ben Crittenden said, let's go. 
Dennis Rich said, look at that squirrel. Let's go Chad from Chandler Voigt. We got a lot. Someone said, thank you, Daryl, for the stars. Jasper Miller said, why not 10 L's? It's like the six-minute abs thing, right? Like on yeah. something about... <laughs> of course, there's nine L's. Nine. It's always nine. All right. So get your questions ready. We're going to do this. You ready for your first ones? Yep. I love it. Every time, everybody knows, I always send a email to the guest and ask them what topics they would like to discuss. And Chad sent a, a really cool list of topics. I'm excited to dive into them. And the first one is accountability. Who does it start with and who does it end with? And I love talks and discussions about expectations and accountability. So lead it off, my brother. So the whole thought behind that was accountability. Where does, where does it start? It always typically would start with just the fact that accountability to your officer, accountability to each other, but you can't really get anywhere unless you have accountability to yourself. Um, like that's it. probably one of the biggest ones that gets dropped off and never gets talked about. But how much accountability do you have to yourself and how much accountability are you going to have to anybody else if, if you aren't mentally accountable to yourself? And then, of course, how much accountability does the officers have down, down the ranks? It kind of leads in with that, with the expectations. Um, you know, I, I think we're turning a, a corner where the expectations are starting to go down the ranks. Obviously that's always been the case, but now they're starting to, to leech upward where the firefighters are actually voicing their expectations of their officers. Nice. Which is good because it should be well rounded if you're going to have a solid, solid crew with everyone being honest and upfront with each other and being able to hold each other accountable. That's probably one of the one of the biggest things. If you can if you can honestly say what the hell happened there and the the person you're talking to, the firefighter you're talking to, your your crewmate is able to give you an honest answer and say, yeah, I I fucked up there. Um, you, the crew is going to do nothing but grow. I mean, all in all, you're going to get growth through. Everybody's going to get closer. Everybody's going to be on the same page. But it it all starts with your your own self accountability. You know, coming into work mentally capable, physically capable, and and just you know rocking it out of the park. Now, I want to tell everybody out the gate, because we talked about it before we went live, but you are on light duty, right? You're on injury leave. I, I don't know exactly where you're at, but you got, you're rocking the goatee for a very, Injury, yeah, yeah. You, that's, the only, you, that's the only good thing that I've had with light duty right now is uh, I haven't had to shave. I don't have to shave much to begin with, but uh, I, I'm able to keep that, and I'm going to keep it as long as I can. So I got another about, about another three months for that to grow out. But and it was shoulder or elbow? What was it? Elbow. Elbow. I thought, it, yeah. Torn bicep at the elbow. Gotcha. But um, you know, okay. Sorry, yeah. I wanted to I wanted to cover that in. Back to accountability. How is well, it? That's, no, that's, sorry. That's a good good point too because I I worked with that injury for a while and they're like God, guy, you got to get that you got to get that checked out. I'm like, I'll oh, play it off, play it off. Finally, I went to, get, went to get it checked off or uh, checked out, and yeah, it was torn. I couldn't do what I what I needed to do for the crew. So get it fixed, come back to work better than I was before, hopefully. Uh, and just you know, it's being accountable to them. I, I could have played it off a little bit longer, sure. but 
what's the point? It's putting them at risk. It's putting it, the, the citizens at risk, putting myself at risk. But it's a hard, hard pill to swallow to be off, off work for six months. No doubt about that. I cannot, I, I can't imagine the, uh, accountability on the subject of accountability. How has it changed for you throughout your career? Like, uh, yourself, were you always self accountable or is this something that's come on as you've grown older and wiser or what, what's kind of your journey on accountability and how you've got to the point where you're at? I think it's, I think it's grown, definitely grown over time. Um, it was always, you're accountable to, to others, but throughout the, throughout the career, it really seems like you you take more of a, a mental state of it when you're walking through the door. You leave you leave the baggage of home or whatever's going on. You try to leave that at the door and just prepare yourself for the day's work. So you whatever rolls out, usually EMS calls. But if you do drop a drop a fire, you're able to think clearly. You don't have your mind cluttered with everything else. Right your, on your daily baggage. And you know, throughout the years, I think it's it's gotten more to the point that if uh, you're more accountable to yourself, everybody else sees that, and it kind of washes washes into everybody else. So they help they hold themselves more responsible than than the officer has to. They're already taking care of their issues before anything ever has to be brought up. Um, I crew was it. Uh, I don't know, it was probably eight, nine, ten months ago, uh, was able to make a grab. Uh, that doesn't happen very often by us. Right. It, it, it just doesn't. Fire calls don't happen very very often by us. But they were able to make a grab, um, get her out successfully, um, perished. But before I could even talk to them, they were already analyzing what they were doing and how to make it better. Um, without without any, you know, prodding or anything, they're already looking to say, okay, how could how could I have done that better? And they're right. all doing it on an individual basis, talking about it, on how the crew could have performed better. I, mean, I can't really ask for any more than that. A little uh, self guidance with each other to to better themselves. And next time we run into this, we're going to be better. We're going to be more prepared. They're, they have that drive. No, that's all, and it comes from that. Uh, is that set by the example you set with your uh, accountability and your expectations? I think it. I think it a little bit with. Um, is that departmental wide or is that C shift wide or? And I'm not trying to put anybody on. Uh, I, I'd, li- I'd like to say that's department wide, um, but for sure with the expectations that I set forth with my crew, um, everything's pretty clear. You know, we should be able to be honest, whether you're a battalion chief, a lieutenant, a firefighter, everybody should be able to be honest with each other. Right on. I'll tell each other when they screwed up. If you hold anything back, you're like, you haven't learned anything from that issue. If you hold back, you're making excuses. Everybody knows on my crew that excuses are BS. It's yeah. It's just what is what it is. Nice. Nice. If you're making, no, I love it. If, if you're making excuses, you already haven't learned. But if you come out and say, hey, I screwed up, most of the time people wouldn't even notice that, you know, you screwed up. But they they already took that accountability upon themselves and said, I screwed up. I know how to do this better next time. Right on. First so question coming at you from the audience. Are you ready? Yep. It's coming from 
one of the uncommon firemen, Christopher Snow, he says, What advice do you have for the ones who give accountability out to others but don't personally want to receive it from others? So it's a one-way street. You're not, you're not going to meet your expectations. <clears throat> They've, it, it is a two-way street. It's always got to be a two-way street. That You're not going to get the results that you want. So if you're that type of person where you're expecting more than what you're able to give out, your results are going to be what you're you're always are getting. Your 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 results aren't going to be what you want. So you have to be you have to be the bigger person. You have to be humble. You're not perfect. I'm not. I'm by far perfect. God, by far perfect. Um, I make more mistakes than than probably anybody. I think that's the only way I learn is by make making mistakes. Right on. Right on. Um, screw it up first, and then figure out. Oh, that's not the way to do it, and then just come back and. Uh, figure out a better way to do it, but if you've got that person, maybe you can maybe you can talk to them and say, "Hey, you know, you've got this expectation for us. Why why isn't that the same?" If you some people aren't willing to hear that, um, unfortunately, there are people in those positions that of of rank that are in those positions more managers than anything else and that's probably a little bit further in the in the thing but <laughs> right on <laughs> no doubt about it uh, and communicate it starts with you have to communicate you have to absolutely communicate because they could be completely i shouldn't say they're unaware but they may not they could be oblivious or ignorant absolutely yeah and and yeah. communication opens that up uh now if you communicate and they still choose to remain ignorant that's a whole nother ball of wax yeah um it's it's a matter of humbling yourself it depends if if you really are passionate and you really care about the results that you want. Otherwise, you're just going through the motions. And Absolutely. You read a book and you're 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 reciting what was in the book, but you're not living it. Right. And 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 uh, Christopher, there. You know, everybody makes the joke about with all due respect. If you say with all due respect, you can say whatever yeah. you want, right? But there is some truth to it if you go to them and say with all due respect. But there is a way to do it respectfully. I'm not saying it with all due respect and then start blasting. Yeah, yeah. Do it there, respectfully. There is, there is a way to, to try to get through them. If you've worked with them long enough, you can say, hey, this is what's happening. You know, all we need is a, a little bit of accountability on your part, and we can we can make make things happen. But right now, you're not you're not doing what you want of us. How do you expect us to to live up to to what you want? No, without a doubt, man. The example, just, the the do as I say, not as I do approach. It's just, yeah. it's one of the oldest. Uh, it's not just not going to fly. Honesty is always going to be the best policy. At least they're going to know where you're coming from. Right on, right on. Uh, pump. Uh, no, we are at expectations need to be a two way street, which Christopher actually let us t- touch on. Yeah. You want to add anything to that, or you got it covered? Go ahead. Um, expectations definitely two way street, up and down the hill also. So. I'm a true believer that the firefighters need to it, communication, expectations, accountability, all kind of wraps up together. Um, the firefighters have to be able to expel their expectations to their officers. Hey, we expect this of you. You know, whether it be training, you come and train with us. You let us know what what needs to be done, but. Whatever they're thinking, whatever they're feeling, you know, we're bringing feelings into it. But uh, 
the officer needs to know about it. I'm not a mind reader. You know, everybody's got a different perception. Sure. If you communicate that, you're going to end up having a, a better outcome. Expectations all the way up and down. Whether you're the chief of the department, ours is a smaller department, so very close-knit. You don't get lost in the ranks. Um, everybody knows each other. Everybody knows each other. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the benefit of it, yeah, and the detriment. Oh. Yes, both on both sides. Right. But everybody understanding the expectations that they have each other, there's no confusion. Well, there shouldn't be any confusion, but at least you know where that person lies. And being 100% honest and not holding anything back isn't really a bad thing. We have to we have to work with each other. We depend on each other, especially in a smaller department. We depend on each other for, for damn near everything. So those expectations need to be voiced and the only way expectations work is being accountable to it. And it starts with being accountable to yourself, just to tie it all the way back to the first point. Yeah, it kind of it kind of loops all all together. It's not That's beautiful. It's not rocket science. It's you know. It, hey, it is for some. I promise you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I know. I know. But it's just being you know, keeping yourself humble. Um, it, Understanding why you've got got into this profession, and and keeping that fire should just drive you to have those expectations and that accountability to yourself. Absolutely, you're you're way more accountable for a lot more people than you actually think. Once you start sitting down and you start writing it out and thinking about it, we've got investing in your firefighters is more than just a budget item. I love this quote. I really do. So I want to hear you talk about it. So investing investing in your firefighters, um, keeping them when they when they come through the doors, they're passionate. They're they're full of piss and vinegar. I, I love it. Um, but to keep that after their one, two, three, four, five years um, is a little is a little bit uh, a little bit more difficult. If you would invest into your firefighters, it's definitely more of a more than just a budgetary item. You're giving them some buy into the department. You're you're challenging them, challenging them. Um, some some people need to be prodded. You see something in them, and they you need to prod them to push themselves a little bit further. It might be a a fact that their self confidence is really low. Right. Um, so you have to work with that. Um, the people, from what I see now, the the people coming into the service don't have the background, per se, what you would of 20 years ago. Sure. Uh, this might be their first job. Uh, so they don't have, they never worked a really shitty job or had to, had to go to work and hated it. This job, you should come in and you should love it every day. And that, over time can get drawn out by some of the negative things going on in the department. It's usually not the job. It's everything else going on, politics, crap like that. But keeping somebody that has a positive outlook and investing into into them, some of it might be a little budgetary item, but it's very nil. Um, sending them to outside conferences, getting them some outside yes. training, um, getting them on, get that sending them out and just recharging them 
I know when I I go to conferences, it's a, it's a recharge for me. Oh, without a doubt, without a, it's one of the best recharging ways. Uh, just getting out there and finding out other people. Yeah, uh, feel the to same. Them, meeting uh, meeting other people, um, and then just discussing you know how your department operates. That it, the discussions that you have on how things work in your department. There's a lot of crap that's extremely similar, and there's a lot of stuff that you can take home and like, hey, then talk to this guy from Alabama, and they do this down there. Right. You give it a shot up here, shit, it works. Stuff freezes up here, but you know, <laughs> you just gotta you just gotta curtail it a little bit more. But then making those individuals, those younger firefighters, making them feel comfortable to ask questions instead right. of just shut up and listen. This way we've That's, always done it. Yeah. Yep. This is the way we've always done it. Kills me. Well, we've been doing it wrong for fifteen fucking years. Let's let's change it up. Right on. It's it's more of a comfort level for everybody else. Get get outside your comfort zone. You know, try try something new. It might be a lot better. But at least learn. Give it a shot. Learn from it. Move on. Make yourself better. Um, if if you give them a voice, probably one of the worst things that you can have is a, a young firefighter that's quiet. That's not asking right. the whys. I'm not saying the quiet firefighter, new firefighter that knows everything. That's that's a completely different story. Um, but if they have the questions, find the answer for them. If you don't know the answer, find the answer for them. Go figure it out with them. Yes. Not tell them to go Google it because they already know how to Google shit. What do you think of uh, captains, firefighters, insert uh, people in authority, who don't who say i man i just don't have the time to do that i i, I don't have time your That's priorities just... are wrong your priorities are wrong if you're not giving time to firefighters they're they're not going to give the time back and you're just you're slowly killing them you're you're slowly strangling them well, i love You've that got, if it, if if they come to you with a question you should definitely have the time to Find it for them, answer it, or find it with them. Um, right now, I think in this day and age, our our firefighters, our our lion firefighters, our new new recruits, whatever you say, are probably our our most valuable asset. And if we don't uh, give them the the chance to voice their voice their not opinions but their questions. And bring up new ideas. There's a lot of shit that, throughout the years, new guys coming on have you know thought because they think outside the box a little bit different. They're not uh, stuck with the inbred training, if you if you will, that uh, we've been stuck with for the last 20 years. Um, I wouldn't say that when they come out of uh, certification classes because uh, those are all damn near the same for the last 25 years that need to change but um they've got a ton of questions why did you do that why did you do this why did you do that and if you're not passing down that knowledge we're not really helping each other we're not helping the fire service right that's where that knowledge comes in and getting them out to the the um, outside classes courses conventions whatever you conferences whatever you want to call them you get a different perspective you get a multitude of perspectives, and you get street-proven tactics, different ideas that aren't taught in the textbooks, but 
things that people have run into right that they've worked on and and maybe something that's never been down. in your in your area absolutely yeah um unfortunately there, there there really hasn't been much in in our area for that longest for our, as long as i can remember um it's getting a little bit better bringing people bringing people in but getting outside your department even just training with the, the the neighboring department or you know training with somebody else besides just just your crews having that different perspective that thought process right is uh is going to grow not everything always has to be the same because every call that we go on is going to be different um, all right it hasn't no, been no, one it, same no it's solid uh big Long question here, tough question also, but I'll throw it at you. Craig Phillip wants to know, any recommendations on building accountability beyond the individuals at company level when upper management within the fire department as well as administration above that is satisfied with the current lack of commitment and has an attitude of, we've made it this far just fine without guys that are into the job? Uh, at the company level also? Now he's saying it's above. Like you, you're doing good it's at the company level, administration. but administration and above them, city, county, insert whatever. Even they're just not that. They don't really care or not motivated at all. You showed up and you did it just good enough. Good is good enough. Take it upon yourself. You're accountable to yourself. I create the standard that you want. You're going to be the firefighter that you want. That you want to be, and slowly enough. With enough push, uh, it'll it'll drive it'll drive a change. If Absolutely. you have higher standards for yourself, you know, communicate that to your crew. If you're the one doing it, or if you're that company officer, you set that expectation for your crew, and the accountability will come with it. Nice. As long as you're completely honest with each other on that accountability, and you're not you're not shy with with uh being able to say i screwed up you know let's make let's make this better let's go out and and uh train this out you know it's a matter of being humble and getting that getting that through kyle ramagus actually said uh this is back this comment came a while ago but he said there's a reason most of the time that they asked you instead of looking it up themselves talking about your comment about sending them to google because they, yeah. they are wanting that investment. That's a reason they asked you. That's a very good point from Kyle. All right, another question coming at you from Dennis Rich. Chief, you always talked about there is no silver bullet in the fire service. Could you talk about that a bit? There, there's, no, there's no magic. There's, there's no answer. There's no searching it up on Google and, and getting the answer. You have to figure out. We need, to, we need, we need a, a crew of problem solvers. So there needs to be 15 different ways of getting something done. If you have, you know, one way of throwing ladders and you get in a situation that you can't throw that ladder that way and they can't figure that out, that's a simple simple thing, but sure. they can't figure that out and they stumble upon it, they should know it five different ways to, to get that job done. But if you're so black and white in your in your tactics and that there's no room to shuffle back and forth. It's a very dynamic 
area that we that we live in. So to have one simple answer for a question, it's just impossible. As long as the the end result is same uh, is the same and and in that time frame, it, nobody should really be complaining. You might find a a new way to a new better way to get something done. Right on. No, I like it. I like it, uh, especially because we talk about uh, understanding the why of what we're doing. So even on something as simple as your ladder throwing uh, analogy, you know, ultimately the purpose is to get a means of ingress and egress to an elevated position, whether it be to the roof or through a window or whatever, Mm -hmm. a balcony, whatever it is. But when you understand the why, how you get it done doesn't matter near as much. It's the objective. It's the why. Why are we doing this? Yeah. And when you do that, then, then the how... Uh, and then you can start really digging in and saying, okay, which how is the most efficient? And then you can say, which how is the most efficient in the current set of circumstances we're up against? Absolutely. And that's the one you start with. And if that's not working, then you then you go to plan B. If that's not working, plan C. And you just keep on going until you get it done. Absolutely. Okay, another question. They're, they're, they're starting to roll in now. Taylor Turner wants to know, what can firefighters who don't have people willing to help them build on their motivation and passion do in order to keep their go-getter spirit. So if they're surrounded by uh, people who aren't as into it as they are, uh, basically putting their fire out, what can you do to stay into the go-getter? And you've already talked about conferences and classes, but yeah. I think you're doing it right now. Um, this, this is a big one. Um, something like this. The, the nice thing about this day and age, the information is out there. A um, ton of great speakers, podcasts, and and all that 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 can keep you fired up in that because they're it's not an easy road if if you're if you're the one trying to make the push but stay the course you'll pick up one person that person will pick up another person and eventually it, it'll it'll start spreading um so you just try to stay the course feed feed your desire however you see fit you know watch the videos and read up and attend conferences you know um, hopefully your department will will throw some money towards you going to conferences and and bringing it back um i think a lot of it may be in the way uh, you get you come back from those conferences and you always get kind of well that's big city shit we can't do that here or right what are you talking about oh christ he went to a conference now he knows everything right um that that's that's not the case and you just you pick your pick your spot, and you you put in little bits of information all all around, and eventually, it'll it'll start taking. But that seed grows slow, unfortunately. And as people move out, you know, if if nobody's helping out the proby, you go help out the proby. You know, you help out the new people. You you see the worth in the information. Take it upon yourself, even though you're not an officer, because no, they're probably beautiful. the ones that are just sitting on it, anyways. No, it's beautiful, man. I love it, and and there's so many options out there uh, with the the podcast, the and like Kyle said, the Bro Drive, uh, Engine Company oh, Resurrection, crazy. and the Facebook groups, and the and the conferences, the micro conferences. Get in, like if there's a training budget at all, get in there and be the squeaky wheel that says, "Hey, I wouldn't mind going and checking out this conference," you know. 
if no one else is fired up and going to use the training budget, what what's there, get them to, to send you to the conference, man. Absolutely. Uh, take advantage of it. Be the squeaky wheel. Yes, 100%. I love it. Uh, let me see what else. Amber Christian wants to know, what is your number one piece of advice for a new firefighter coming on to your department? <laughs> um, just uh, keep the passion. Um, come in with an open mind, but don't be afraid to ask the questions. There, you'll find out the people that you can trust and listen to, um, and you'll find out the ones that are going to try to hold you down too. So uh, just keep the course, keep the passion, um, ask the questions. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. I find more more people have more self-confidence issues where they don't want to make the mistakes. Hey, make the mistakes. If you're if you're not making mistakes, you're probably not trying hard enough. So go out, put put yourself out there, and as long as you're willing to learn and put the reps in, that's all that's all we need. We just need you to be willing to to be the firefighter that you're expected to be. Hopefully yeah, that answer that. So, no, no, it's very <laughs> solid, man. Very solid. Pulling up the notes. I got pointed out that I say pulling up the notes a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Officers need to be more than just a fire officer. I was intrigued by this one because I want to hear. I want to hear what you mean by officers need to be more than just a fire officer. This this is something that I've just seen over time, and and that's part of the job that. I actually enjoy you see them you see young firefighters come in and you get to know them you get to know their families you get to know their life um sometimes the fire officer needs to be the i wouldn't say psychologist but you're you're the person that they need to vent to or and i say leave leave luggage at the at the door but you can't always leave luggage at the door um so they've got issues going on at home. Be that ear for them. Uh, it, it's a second family. It's it's not just, okay, we're just going to talk about work, and I don't need to know about anything else. If you see something wrong, you've got to try to take care of it, see what's going on, see if they need any help. Um, you need to be more than just the fire officer. You need to be kind of a dad. You need to be kind of a... a you definitely need to be a role model, but you need to be, um, how do I want to say it? It's mainly just that ear because you're going to help them grow in so many different ways. You watch them grow. Christ, most of them, some of them come through the station and they don't even know how to make macaroni and cheese. So you help them out on just life aspects. Right. Finances, you know. You push them, well, for me, I'd push them to um, somebody that's got way more expertise in finances than me. But, you know, you give, right. them, you give them the advice that maybe they're not getting somewhere else. And then it's just a matter of sitting down and talking to them, getting to know them, what their interests are, you know, try to be that moral, moral compass for them maybe. 
No, and it's actually, I mean, it, it, uh, it, it, again, that's what's beautiful about this is it ties right back to the beginning uh, and investing in that personal accountability. But investing is just a time and getting to know them. Yeah, it's, they are your family. So if you're not investing any time, if you don't believe that you've got any time for them and you're too busy for with the paperwork, I think uh, Raise the One says uh, people before paper, it, it works on so many different ways. So it take the time, set the shit aside, because it's still going to be there when, when you get done talking to them. Right Give on. them the time at the, you know, your complete, um, All right. You there? Okay. Bank, leadership. Yeah, banking out on the word there. Right on, right on. Leadership. <laughs> leadership versus management. Why do they get confused with each other? What yeah. That that I guess that was probably more of a question. How does this always get, get confused? Okay, with okay. Each other? I was I was ready for the wisdom. Well I I think it just goes back to everybody thinks that leadership comes with comes with rank and I I just have a belief that leadership is completely different than than rank or management. You have to have that leadership capability within you to be self-countable. It's just you don't get the promotion and you get the leadership with you. You've got to have that drive to be, like I said, that moral compass. And leadership and management man, management if you you know you have an an officer that's more of a manager when his expectations for himself are completely different than right on and what yours are and if you're not listening to your firefighters expectations that's that's more of a, a manager if they, if they're giving you expectations you're not willing at all to meet them not saying you're going to be able to meet them all but if you're not willing at all then you you don't I I feel you don't really care. Um, there's two separate things altogether. You, you can't manage people per se. You can lead people, and people will follow rank to a point, but they're only following the rank. They're not following the person. Right on, right on. Um, and leaders can be anywhere: firefighters, officers, chiefs, anywhere that. People have that uh, that compassion to that person, and they find find you know the information that that person's disseminating to be good. And m- most of the time now, it's the passionate ones that are leading. Take the take the self initiative to to answer the questions that the officers aren't answering. If, right, if find those they answers. Don't have the time for it. So if you're if you're sitting there complaining that, well, they don't come and talk to me, they don't come and talk to me, then then obviously the issue is they don't feel comfortable coming and talking to you. But keeping that open door is going to do that. Um, setting your ego aside is probably one of the biggest things that you, you need to do. Ego drives us to do better, but ego can really kill us too. Right. So... If you're an officer with a big ego, you're not going to be listening to your people. You're not going to be having an open ear. People aren't going to be willing to come and talk to you. And they're ultimately not going to listen to, you know, they'll listen, but they're not going to hear what you're saying. Right. 
Um, Renaming. No, no, I love, bro. I love. I'll sit here and talk leadership and management and how it's not rank all day long, man. Believe me, I will. It, and it, uh, it's a tough spot. It, it gets confused way too much. Oh, the leadership team. Oh, are they really the leadership team, or are they just the officers? Right. If you want to, if you go on the floor, you can tell who's the leaders. They're the ones that are bettering everybody and not putting in, putting people down, but they're trying to bring everybody up. No, and it's a great way to tell the difference. Renaming the aggressive attack. Yeah, so everybody is so like keynoted on on terms and aggressive. It has gotten the bad rap. So why aren't we why aren't we trying to reinvent the uh, aggressive attack? Make it uh, something that's a little bit more uh, soft or or whatever you want to call it, informed or educated or knowledgeable attack. Because that's ultimately what what it is. Those guys, uh, the guys, those people that are take that seriously and understand what the aggressive attack is. It's taking in all the information, what the smoke's doing, what the building construction is, taking all that into consideration. They're the ones putting the time in to get the basic skills down to second nature. So they can absorb all that information as they're as they're going forward. So why aren't we? Why don't we try to keynote it and make it a, a different term that's a little bit softer, a little bit more acceptable? Right on. Knowledgeable or you know whatever insert insert term here. Um, it's just uh, aggressive attacks gotten so much bad rap over the last what fifteen almost twenty years. Yeah, probably so. I feel like it's one. I really do feel like it's one where people just quit. I, I don't know. At least around, uh, of course, that helps that I go to conferences where a whole bunch of people are plugged in, so that I have that yeah. uh, that bubble that I live in where I feel like, oh yeah, aggressive's one. So, yeah. but no, I love the fact when you say it's knowledgeable, uh, the knowledgeable attack, because at the end of the day, that really is the key to aggression: is knowing what you're doing, being you able to, them. yeah, the competence is, yeah. Yep. Competency, knowing your enemy, yeah, um, you know, being able to take in the information while you're doing a task at the same time, but that takes sets and reps. You got to yes. be able to have that your basics down to a, um, a second nature. Yes, intuition. So I love you, it. You can take in everything else. Uh, time, but you'll get there. No, no, without a doubt, without a doubt. And and, and I wanted to touch on this earlier because you, you brought up uh, don't make a lot of fire. EM, a lot of EMS calls, not a lot of fire. And that is not enough. Not enough, 100%. I agree with that. <laughs> like that. But And the thing is, it's not a knock. I'm not knocking that because that is the American Fire Service, unless you're unless you're one of the, the small percentage that's lucky enough to work in a job town, uh, yeah. you know, with a lot of urban blight or suburban turnover or whatever you want to call it. Um, unless you're lucky enough to, and I say lucky, you guys know what I mean. Uh, yeah. If you love to go to fires, you're lucky if you work there. Catch fires is lucky. Uh, yeah. Not for somebody, but for the firefighter who gets to respond without a doubt. So what I'm saying is, do you have, um, uh, I don't know if I'm asking this right, I don't want to say tips and tricks, but uh, techniques that you like to use to keep people engaged uh, when when you don't know when the next fire is going to come. You don't know if you're going to get the... You know, a real deal, a chance to make a grab, you know, a chance to, to make a first in a push. Uh, how, you know, what works to, for you? Try to split it up, make it a little competitive because we're all a little bit competitive. 
um, try to make it competitive, change it up a little bit. It does get it does get routine and mundane, but you know, change it up and have fun with it. That's probably the biggest thing is have fun with it. You know, screw around with it a, a little bit. And, you know, you got to have fun with it. Otherwise, yeah, it does get mundane, and you've got to com- combat the the naysayers. Oh, we're pulling hose again, blah blah blah. And it is what it is. And as long as they're 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 doing it, then kudos to them. But if they're not like. 100% involved in it then it, it it does bring down a little bit with uh, the guys that are passionate about it want to get 100% out of it but do you ignore them a little bit yeah you're still having fun with everybody else you know send, make it competitive because we all like yes. competition um, break out the break out the stopwatch because that really does it a it adds stress a little bit of stress and b it uh it, it brings out the c- that competitive nature that all of us in. I don't want to be last. I damn sure, I want to be first, and I damn sure don't want to be last. Right. Yeah. But it also can can bring up a good conversation piece. What if you know you throw your problem solving skills in there? Okay. Now now let's figure let's figure this out. Well, that didn't work out just like I wanted it. Let's figure out what happened there. Right. Because not. If we're not making mistakes on the training ground, then we're sure as shit going to make mistakes on on the fire ground. Right. So get them all ironed out as much as we can on on the training ground and work them out, but discuss them. Figure out what exactly happened so we're not making the same mistakes. You know? No, I love it. I love it. I love it a lot. The uh, um, Vigilantes, we, we, we listened to Aaron Fields' uh, Journeyman Firefighter podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. <laughs> if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Journeyman Firefighter podcast, episode number four, is with Aaron Fields. I firmly believe that every training officer in the fire service should go and listen to that podcast and then use that as their, uh, instead of instructor one or instructor two or whatever yes. they're doing. Yes. <laughs> but not the point. Um, he talked about, and you, you referenced it earlier, is what made me think of it, is... You said about, oh, we've always done it that way, so don't bring me that new thing here. You know what I'm saying? The Kind of that, that mm-hmm. mantra that people have, which is, hey, kid, don't bring that new stuff here. Or, or you go into a conference, you're coming back with, you know, we don't do that here. That's big city stuff. But, Get some and, time on the job. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. And Aaron, uh, and I, it's his thing completely, but it's, again, going back to understanding the why. When you understand the why, it Absolutely. becomes less about, oh, that's not our technique. Or, oh, hey, kid, you don't know what you're doing. Get some time on. It becomes, if we understand the why... Then you can, instead of saying, we've been doing it wrong forever, or telling somebody, look, this way is better because you've been doing it wrong, you can just kind of compare it to the metric of, is it more efficient to do it this way? We're not saying you're doing it wrong at all. It's just, does this make it better because this is why we're doing it? And it takes the focus off of, this new way is better and right. You know, does that... uh, It could be that they, they just weren't looking at it from that angle. Sure. You know, and breaking out that why and why it works or why we're doing it this way it kind of unloads their gun to come back and say well we're not going to do that right you're you're taking the bullets away from them because you're already giving them the why yeah so you're you're trying to understand or think about you know how they're going to shut it down if you give them all the whys they really got nothing to come back with i'm trying to figure out what but this is uh, I don't know if I should just ban the person or what. Okay. 
And I love it. Uh, Smoothbore Cartel said, don't worry about that nozzle kid. We don't do fires anymore. And he is, of <laughs> course, referencing Andy Frederick's keynote FDIC speech, which go go Google that and watch that anytime you need to get fired up. Yep. Uh, 1,000%. And I'm going to sit there. All right. Yeah, I just banned him. Okay. Compare the ways head to head. Yeah, Craig Phillips said compare the ways head to head. Absolutely, you can do that if you are both on this page of why. But the problem becomes your ego gets in the way, or 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 it can be where the person who has more time on the job that's stuck in their ways, their ego gets in the way because they're they feel like they're being told they've been doing it wrong for years. Whereas, or it's, go ahead. Or it's going to be outside their comfort zone. They don't right. want to, they don't want to learn something new, which could show you know a deficit on their side. Absolutely, it could, it's yeah. They don't want. To, they don't want to appear to be incompetent, and rather than appear to be incompetent, they just act stubborn and say, "Shut up." Yeah. And instead that's of taking a chance, to, to, yeah, yeah, taking a chance to learn, and that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. All right. Mentorship. That's the word you sent. Mentorship. Mentorship. Um. Usually, with a with a new new probationary, will assign mentors. Uh, or a mentor to uh, a new probationary. So I was just thinking about this the other day. Uh, whose responsibility is is it actually for bringing new people on or somebody that's that needs help? Realistically, it's everybody. All the way from the chief, battalion chief. If you see somebody floundering, are you just going to let them flounder? Or are you going to help them out and try to build them up? Don't come... Don't come to your officer and say, "Well, this guy's being a real, real shitbag." Well, did you did you correct it before you came to me, or did you let him know? Did you are you trying to help him, or are you just letting him sink? Right. So, the it it really takes everybody to to bring each other up. We, we rely on each other way more than I think we ever actually think. You know, it does take a community to raise raise the kids, and that's basically what what that. The whole thought process was is it's everybody's responsibility not just because you're assigned to them or you're the officer of them if you're riding out with them he's your he's your responsibility too mm-hmm. you try to prepare them as much as possible but if you're just going to sit there and dig on them and you're not going to try to help them that's a completely different story altogether now if they're not trying at all and you you've offered it up to them you know then it does have to call your officer and say, "Hey, this isn't this isn't working out. We right. need to try something different." When you've done your due diligence to make sure you've taken care of your part, right? Absolutely. But letting them sink that, that I don't find that to be an option. No, no, and we're very good at at, at what, how does a, I think Dave McGrill said it disregarding our old and eat, eating our young and disregarding eating our, our young. Old. Yeah, we're very very good at both. We uh, are so very very good at t- tearing tearing each other apart. Oh we, yeah, we we're to. masters of it, especially with the uh, the rise of the internet and the anonymity of just posting online. We can oh, rip yeah. each other apart. Um, Smoothbore cartels so, getting punched punched in the face, That's, right? No, <laughs> no, you're 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 immune behind your keyboard from the yep. physical ramifications of what your mouth can get you in trouble for in the real world. Uh, Kyle said Ray McCormick's fifty fifty culture of extinguishment speech at FDIC is another classic. That is probably my favorite. FDIC keynote speech, the culture of extinguishment. That one and Fireman Standard by Mike Walker. Uh, 
Absolutely. Both. Both are some of my I, – I make my rookies watch all three of those. And so uh, at, just depending on which one I remember at the time and which one I'm fired <laughs> up about. And that, so. that's part of it, just sending them, sending them, you know, you're off duty and you see something, send it to your crew, you know, right. try to keep them fired up. Obviously, you know, you need to have that downtime. You need to have that, that unplugged time. I don't really know what that looks like because it's hard to unplug. But, you know, if you do come across something, share it. They'll share it back and like, oh, that's great. You're learning and, and both excelling at the same time, so. If you see something, you come across something that maybe somebody hasn't seen before, share it out. Share it out to your department or your crew. Now, I don't know if this next one is just a rhetorical question to discuss or if this is something you have an answer for, but you said state certifications to be a firefighter. Why aren't we doing better and progressing with the times? So I didn't know if you had, I didn't know if you had an answer or if, you, if it was just a rhetorical question to discuss. It was kind of a rhetorical question. Why aren't, why aren't we doing better? Um, I'll put it on my state to to try to to try to do better. Right? Why aren't we moving forward? Why are we using the same techniques that we did twenty twenty five years ago? There's they're still getting trained the same way that I did when I went through, you know, fire certifications. Why ha- why have we not evolved? Past? I have I don't teach at a fire academy, so I, I have to I have to qualify by first saying that I do not teach at a fire academy. But um, I will say that uh, the if you follow the money, you will yeah. figure out why why it is that way. And the truth of the matter is, they can get more people through. The they get paid more, and so it's not about creating firefighters. It's about getting paid by giving them a piece of paper and saying, "Okay, we met this requirement." So. For example, again, I don't teach, but I've right. heard that they'll put seven people or six or seven people on a hose line, and they'll go oh, yeah. in and put out a two-pallet fire with seven people on a hose line and say, okay, you guys got your hose time. Next group, go. And so they count that as you know live fire training, <laughs> and it, there's nothing realistic about it. But they, they can check the box that they went inside of a burn building while it, while it was under whatever, and, and until they get rid of take the money out of it for for putting numbers through and and make the objective the why to create firefighters who understand you know then it's i don't think it's going to change no because they they specifically say you go to your your go to your department and they'll teach you the rest no, or they or say, "Hey, we're going to teach you this the way the book says, and then when you get to where you're going, they'll teach you the real way." Right. Or how you're really going to do it, I should say, yeah. Yeah, which makes absolutely no sense. You're just Zero. building bad habits. Right. So the, we've had uh, a couple new ones go through at the hometown uh, fire department, and you're teaching them to you know, mask up with their gloves on. Well, they go to class, and they go, well, you, don't, you don't do it that You don't do it that way. Well, why not? It just, why not? Why, why are you going backwards? Right. Just leave them alone. If they can get it done, let them alone. But if that's the specific way that they need to do it to pass the test, it, it's just it, it's painting to have to uh, retrain them or you know beat bad habits out of them in that instance. It's just crazy. 
and I, I, and there's a it's a it's a it's a huge multifaceted question with mess. But when again, it goes back to managers instead of firefighters in leadership positions. And when they all they care about is oh, he's a firefighter one, he has a certificate, let's hire him. You know, and yep. and it doesn't matter what they actually know or do. Uh, but they sure have that certificate, so yeah. Um, pr- promoting, prom- well, that kind of goes with promoting too, because it's the same thing with the the officer classes and that. What are you actually learning? You're just you're just getting that certification. You're not learning how to to really deal with people or or uh, any any sort of making making them leadership right role out of it. That's that's the unfortunate part. In the, probably the biggest part is the is the money driven. Can no, I think if, if we can separate the own? yeah, if we can separate the money from it, I think. It, but I don't know if you'll ever get to that point. You know, uh, well, the fire think, service can do better. Oh, without a doubt, I think we can all agree with that. BJ Breacher says. Uh, Firefighter one is nothing more than your cover charge to get in the club. Once you're in, then the real learning begins. And I get, I get his point on that. I'm just, I just wish that that the cover charge had a little more credibility to it. That's, I think that is what I'm saying about the cover charge. Is I wish firefighter one was a little more. Yes. But a lot of departments stay at that level instead of Mm -hmm. up in the standard. Without a doubt, and that's another issue completely. Is that once they're in the club, that's. That's, that's the club. it. Yeah, that's the club. Hey, congratulations. Yeah. Hey, do that do that search we do where we grab each other's ankles and pound the wall, you know. Yep. Searching searching the wall instead of yeah. searching space. And then to, to then to go back to, you know, conferences and like they're doing this and everybody in the the ranks up to chief and then have that thought process, well this is this is acceptable, this is okay. Well it's not. It shouldn't right. be acceptable or shouldn't be okay. Because there are different, there are better methods and processes out there. Just it takes them out of their comfort zone, and it kind of lowers the standard for the rest of the department. All right, hit me with this one. At what rank do we stop being a firefighter? Entitlement, is, entitlement up the ranks. Like when I want to hear you, this. Yeah. When do you when do you stop being a firefighter? It was more of a question, but that's it's it's probably department dependent and and whatnot, but. In the promotional process, when when do the skills assessments stop being part of the promotional mm-hmm. process? They should be all the way through. In in our department, being as small as it is, we depend on our our chief officers. There's only there's only six of us, so six to eight of us on crew. We catch fire. There's only six six to eight of us for twenty minutes. It, right. It's us. Yeah. So we depend on that. Now it, it goes along with expectations. We have an expectation for them to help us out, be at least competent in their skills. We understand that they're busy having to do paperwork and whatnot during the day, the the day to day stuff. But if your expectation is to arrive on scene, you might have to make a grab. You might right. have to pull hose. We're lucky if we if we have our full complement there, which is six to eight, which isn't much. But if no. it's less, you might be riding in that seat. So at what point in time do you stop being a firefighter and just worry about all the paperwork? Right. If you're if you're in that position, or you have that ability, or you or that expectation is you may have to to do firefighting shit. You got to keep your skills up. Um, I I I, now I think 
I mean, don't get me wrong, especially depending on your department. Like with yours with six to eight, you have to have those skills up. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're a detriment when when needed. Uh, and in a larger department where you can, I don't want to say can, but because of the size of it, you can afford you the ability. Let, you have the ability to let your skills slack, your fitness slack, and it's, there's not as many ramifications becoming a desk chief, so to speak. Yes. Um, I, yeah, that's a tough one because, to me, I don't think there's anything that replaces getting your hands dirty with the men and women on the rigs. Nothing as far as camaraderie and competence and confidence building, and Respect. so yeah. But but it comes back to again what you said at the beginning, which is that that personal accountability. Because the, you know if you, yeah, I don't have anything. How did they rise up through the ranks? Did they you know get it through their just their certifications and and that and you know, nobody else wanted to do it because nobody else wanted to come off the truck. Could be, you know, it it happens all over. I think we're getting a shift now where you're getting the passionate driven ones that want a, a better change yes. all over in the fire service. We're seeing a shift. Great. We're seeing a shift. I think one of the big things, you know, everybody says recruitment's down, recruitment and retention, it's down, you know, all over the place. And I think that's, and, I, and I'll go on a rant here for a short minute, but I think it's a direct correlation between the last three decades of firefighters refusing to promote into management positions and staying on rigs and what happens is managers and politicians end up promoting and taking those positions and then they make rules and standards and regulations that make sense to managers and politicians but don't make sense to firefighters and then they build fire offices fire office buildings instead of firehouses (laughs) and 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 the and the casualties are camaraderie the the brother and sisterhood the 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 things that we love as the legacy of a fire service has slowly eroded from death from a thousand cuts. All right, yep. I'll quit ranting. And uh, but and it comes back to firefighters not promoting into chief positions. All right, yes. sorry, rant and off. I didn't up, mean we're, to. We're working up the ranks because they've they've concentrated probably concentrated most of their effort on the skills and that, and maybe they slacked a little bit more on the right. academic academ- academic side of it. So. It's it's funny that you bring that up with the buildings. We're we're building a building, and I'm kind of scared. It'd be great to have a new station, but kind of scared to have a new building with separate rooms and all this and killing the camaraderie. Yes, and it's all probably crew dependent. You know how your how your crew operates. You know after the work. You can absolutely. I mean, you could work in a, a falling down, rotting cinder block barn. And a good crew can have a blast and, and oh, yeah. keep things strong. But it's the death by a thousand cuts, man. Uh, and here's another thing I want to touch on, which I wanted to say, which is I've never heard a crew say, our chief came out here, threw on his bunker gear, and put in some reps with us. Whether it be a battalion chief, training chief, uh, chief chief. I've never heard one say, and I, and I, I hated it. I, I, I lost respect for him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's always the opposite. Always. Yeah, and that's probably the best way... If you've got if you've got half an hour hour to sit down and have coffee or or this that and the other thing you've got a half an hour hour to you know throw some reps in pull some hose throw some ladders freaking mask up for ten minutes absolutely man hey hundred percent yes prioritizing your time that is it uh, yeah we touched on it all right brother books I mean I love talking books you know I love books what book or books do you think people should be reading. So this was a tough firefighters, one. not just people, but firefighters. 
I I hadn't read, you know, quite a few. The light duties actually like helped me have enough time and and just sitting there. One uh, of the few bonuses books. about light duty is the goatee and the reading time. And the reading time. Um, but uh, for uh, a new firefighter coming on, probably engine company eighty two. Mm. It just it if that doesn't light you up, then I, I don't really know what will. Yeah. And um, read one read a couple recently. No expectations leadership by uh, Jason. Hobbleman, yeah, yeah, Hobbleman, yeah. For your for your officers, and I think any any company officer coming in, or for your officer development program, Hal Moore's on leadership. On leadership. Yes, I love that book. I like a little bit of uh, military history, anyways. But those those are the books that I would suggest. Like I said, not wasn't much of a, a book reader. Got back into it. Needed to exercise the brain a little bit more. Work Absolutely. Out webs and fight off the Alzheimer's. Knock the dust off. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, man. No, and uh, how more? Uh, I love the book and the readability of it. It works on so many levels, though. I mean, oh. family to that, business to fire department to pretty much anything that you want to pertain it to. Just being an all right, all round better person. Mike Cornelius said, good books are in the bottom locker. Uh, Patrick Schultz said this, Chad is now having the new guys do book reports. Very good idea. I love that, brother. Book reports and line of duty reports in their uh, 12-month period. Solid. All right. Working working out the ifs to crap. Right. Right. The whole 12-month probation has been a, a... a work in progress for forever. <laughs> All right, Chad. We have the five questions for firefighters. You're well aware of them. And then we move to the next five questions for firefighters. The answers are completely your opinion. There is no right or wrong. The points are arbitrary. They're assigned by me with the assistance of the audience. But what I'd like to know is, are you ready for the next five questions for firefighters? We'll give it a shot. <laughs> Here we go. Number one. What single characteristic makes the difference between a run-of-the-mill firefighter and the top tier? Go-to badass firefighter. Heart and honesty. You got to have the heart and drive, passion for this for this job. Um, otherwise, there, there's if you're not in it for that reason, for the love of the job. Um, you're just going to be you're just going to be that run run of the mill firefighter. You're not going to push yourself to do better. You're not going to try to drive other people to do better. And, uh, I told my son that before he got into the the fire service. I go if you're if you're getting in, into it for the days off and the, some of the benefits, pick a different job. You've got to love this job. And he must have took it to heart because he kept with it. At first, he was thinking about becoming a cop. So, at least he yeah. chose the good side. He didn't go to the yeah. dark side. Yeah. Good, solid. No heart and passion. I love it. I will give Max points for heart and passion. I believe passion is was one of the keys to doing this and staying plugged in for a very long time. It definitely keeps you going. Number two, if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice <clears throat> as a rookie, what would it be? You get to go back and talk to young Chad. Uh, 
enjoy every minute of it because it's going to go fast. That's it's going to go fast. I mean, had tons of fun all the way through, but you know, you get you don't get tied up in the BS because there's going to be a BS. Don't let that bother you. Stay the course and have fun. Enjoy it. Dude, I love that. And and, and that, I don't know if I've heard a more truthful statement in a while than it's going to go fast. Yeah. I mean, you just I. I still feel like a rookie sometimes. Like, I just got hired on. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm not. Yep. Yep. But you look back, you're like, crap, where'd that go? No doubt, man. No doubt. Okay. Number three, what is your favorite training drill? I like the uh, firefighter survival drills, the ladder bailouts, the window hangs, the entanglements, stuff that puts you in a position that you're not – you're not normally going to want to get into. Stresses you out a little bit, works on your breathing. You have to problem solve your way out. Right. I, I, I like those. And to see other people work on their problem solving skills or work on their frustration level when you get in an entanglement and they're just taking, take a few seconds, get their mind straight, and then work out whatever the hell's going on. Otherwise, you're like a, a bull in a cage just trying to rip shit up, and then you're just tying yourself up worse. Right. Um, but getting that problem-solving ability in their head where they're actually starting to work things out under stress, that I love those. No, I can't knock that whatsoever, especially stress or physically uh, demanding of them and then make them think. Man, yeah. that's a powerful, powerful combo. I love that. Love that. Uh Max points on number three. Number four, what mistake have you learned the most from in your fire service career? Well, I had to think about that one for, for a while. Probably the, the one that sticks out the most is being attentive to everyone around you. Um, I guess the one of the biggest mistakes was, I feel, and I still hold, maybe it's not, wasn't a mistake on mine, but I feel it was is uh, not seeing my assistant chief hurting um, right before he committed suicide. Um, Christ, he walked out the door the day we got off shift, walked out the door, looked at us, said, see you tomorrow. And uh, a couple hours later, got a call that uh, he had committed suicide. Um Looking back on it, I'm like, well, there was there was, there was definite cues, um, but kind of passed passed it off. Didn't really pick up on it or ignored it. Um, figured he was just being a an ass. <laughs> sure. Um, but that's probably one of the biggest mistakes is not cueing into everybody. Um, if you see that see that huge change in somebody, sit them down and talk to them. Ask them. Make sure that you know they've got a place to go. They got somebody to talk to. Um, get them help if you need them. Uh, that's probably one of the bigger mistakes. So, being attentive to your crew, the people on your department, you know anybody around you. You see a sudden change or just a slight change. Doesn't hurt to ask. Hey, what's going on? Right. No, I give it. I mean, that's a. Uh... Not even fun to give max points to because it's it's not a fun thing to talk uh, about. But no, thought 100%. about it, thought about it for a while, and it, that's probably that's probably one of the, the bigger ones. And I think I hold that true with the way 
deal with the crew now that's definitely a, a, one of no the doubt no doubt things no and it's a powerful lesson to pass on to others so very yeah. much thank you for it number five heavy fire and searchable space would you rather be assigned to the nozzle or first in on ves uh we do we do a lot of engine stuff uh, well we only run out with one engine so you could be doing both it doesn't matter um but i still wouldn't would be going in there with the nozzle and just going in there and slinging that that's that's where the heart is going right in on. there and pushing in that's that's where it is um i i don't have anything else to that that's that's what drives you you go in there and you make the push you put it out and you just keep going on from there that's just Right on, dude. There is no wrong answer. I love the answer. Max points on number five, heavy fire, searchable space. He wants the nozzle because that's where his heart is. So there it is. The next five questions for firefighters, according to Chad Boutsine. And with those answers, that officially makes it 159 scraps in the books. My brother, if someone wants to get a hold of you, reach out to you, uh, what's the best way to get in touch? Uh, probably through the through my email or or on Facebook. Can you find me on Facebook. Uh, email is just my name, Chad Butzine at Gmail. Right on, right on. Uh, everybody, go to firehousevigilance dot com. Join the vigilantes. It is live. We're having a ton of fun. We just had the fourth forum. We discussed. I don't. I think we spent about two hours discussing Aaron Fields' podcast the other night, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, very uh, a close knit group as we do that. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Had an amazing time. Big takeaway was that every training officer should listen to that podcast uh, in and Aaron Fields' Journeyman Firefighter podcast episode number four. Uh, if you want to be a part, head to firehousevigilance.com and be a part of it next month. In a, at the end of October, we will be discussing On Combat, the book, uh, Grossman's book, On Combat, which I'm reading and listening to when I drive around, and it's just phenomenal, man. It's, I, I don't know if this is the second or third time I've read it, but it's so good. I can't wait to discuss it on the fifth form in the end of October. So go join up. Be a part so you don't miss out on the discussion. It's a blast. If you want to be a part of it, firehousevigilance.com. Uh, join the vigilantes. Uh, the Scraps Killer lineup continues for 2022. You had Mike Dugan, Robbie Towns, and Dina Ali tonight, Chad Butzine, and next week, Bill Gustin, followed by Jay Bonifield, and then Grant Schwalbe. So, uh, crazy. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable, man. I'm the luckiest person in the fire service for these kind of the conversations I get to have. Uh, does it get better than that? I don't know. If it does, I don't want to know about it. Uh, and then, of course, the audience always makes the show so great. Uh, of course, the sponsors, I'll mention them all one more time. Affordable Drill Towers, the Affordable Standpipe Prop, uh, Key Hose, The Hose Expert, Elkhart Brass, a safe fleet brand, and Speed Swivel, speedswivel.com. So, man, thank you for the, the sponsorships. It's allowed me to upgrade quite a bit my computer, my camera. It's, it's getting better. I'm loving it. Um, my brother, Kyle Romagus, is always here. Pulling out your questions, making phenomenal comments, and of course, the audience is what makes the scrap so special. And I can never thank you enough for tuning in each week and asking questions and digging deeper and 
bringing great value to the fire service. So thank you all for coming and spending this Wednesday evening. We'll be back at our regularly scheduled Mondays. My mom had a 65th birthday, and we celebrated it on Monday. So Chad was gracious enough to move his scrap to tonight. And thank you all for coming on the moved scrap. I appreciate you all. But we'll be back to Mondays and Tuesdays next week with Bill Gustin. So with all that being said, remember... Mutts don't scrap. I love you all. Chad, thank you for giving me and spending your time with me this evening. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Loved it. Love it. Thank you, brother. Mutts don't scrap. I hope the tone stays silent unless it's burning. Everybody stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode.